You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. Be sure to go to thelaughbutton.com and of course riotcast.com to discover some new podcasts that are part of the Riotcast family. And speaking of the Riotcast family, yes. we have one of those said podcast hosts we joining do. us today on this episode do. of the Laugh Button Podcast and that is Jim Florentine. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of him, Crank Anchors. Host of the Ridecast podcast, Comedy Mental Midgets. Yes, also That Metal Show. Yeah, of course. Maybe you know him from uh, Terrorizing Louis. Telemarketers. Terrorizing Telemarketers, uh, Meet the Creeps. Uh, Louis, he was on uh, the last season of Louis. Upper as, Deck City, man. He, he, which he talks about in our interview with him, too. So. Yes, he does. So, uh, yeah, Jim Florentine has a new special. He does. It's called I'm Your Savior. And uh, he, he's gone through a pretty traumatic... Life as far as having relationships with he's women. He's had some very, right? very interesting relationships with women. I mean, um, and we obviously talk about it, and that's the whole idea about the new special. It's basically like uh, him talking about um, exes that have done him wrong, exes that had problems uh, with mental illness, and uh, and suicide was in uh, was one of his exes perform uh, committed perform committed suicide, uh, and he talks about all of it in the special. It's very uh, it's very funny. It's very honest. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, he had to go through it, but it seems like he's kind of worked through it and put out the special because of it. Uh, actually, another ex, too, Robin Quivers from the Howard Stern Show. We didn't even talk about it in oh, interview, yeah, he did we date did. Robin for a little bit, too. That's so. right. But I don't know if she made it into the special or not, but you'll have to give it a listen because it comes out will. on April 1st. Yep, so, and yeah. uh, we'll have all the information for you later on in the podcast, how you can get it, how you can save a little money, too, if you want yeah. to download it. There's CD and DVD combos as well for I Am Your Savior. Yep. Uh, JimFlorentine.com. All right, before we get to that said interview, uh, let's talk news. Uh, This past week, uh, last Friday to be exact, this is a very cool, unique thing. Uh, T.J. Miller, our our good friend Mm T.J. Miller, hit us up and said, hey, I'm doing this uh, pretty strange, weird comedy thing, and I'd love for you guys to be a part of it and cover it. So we did. We had uh, some eyes and ears on the ground out in Los Angeles, California, for a very special Silicon Valley Scene 308 Specifically, just scene 308. Scene 308, screening, party, Q&A, and, uh, and obviously screening. Yeah, they um, screened one scene. One, yeah. Just scene 308. Actually, I think there was a bonus scene. They might have screened three, scene 309 as well. Yeah. From the yeah. upcoming season of Silicon Valley. And I mentioned this to you before. It reminds me that one time back when The Jerk came out where Steve Martin basically... They threw a big premiere party, but it was a premiere of the trailer. Right. Uh, they had invited all the luminaries and press and whatnot too. So it was kind of uh, harkens back to those days where I was like, "Oh, that's funny," because Steve Martin did did something with that with the jerk. So. And uh, this yeah. this took it to the next level, man. Everybody was there. The entire Everyone cast of Silicon Valley, including mm-hmm. all the newbies that are going to be joining the show this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some notables. Uh, with that said, uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah. Who you, who you might know is Ned uh, Ryerson from Ned from Ryerson Groundhog Day. from Groundhog Day. It's me, Ned, Ned Ryerson. By the way, take he's also he's also really good in Californication. Oh the, yeah, the company. Ruckle, Ruckle, get out here! I love Stephen Tobolowski. We actually did a really great interview with Stephen Tobolowski a couple years ago when he was doing it at the 92 Y. Oh nice. It's on the Laugh Button. So go to laughbutton.com. This is actually before you were yeah. even here. So yeah. if you go to laughbutton.com and do a quick search for Stephen Tobolowski, you'll pull up that uh, that old interview we did with him. And I'm not sure the last time you looked at his uh, IMDb page, but it's massive. Oh, it's massive. massive. He has been a character actor for 30 plus years yep. at, at least and uh, he's great in everything he's in 
Good old Stephen Tobolowsky. But also, like, Thomas Middleditch was there. T.J. Mm-hmm. Miller was there. Um, Jimmy O. Yang, who's a new cast Jimmy member. Jimmy O. Yang was there as well. Mike Judge showed up. Uh, you know, actually, the uh, some of the writers and producers were there as well. I'm sure there's other people. Oh, Kamal Nanjiani, was he there? I don't was no, Kamal Nanjiani. I don't know if Kamal Nanjiani was there. But, um, yeah, I mean, great rundown. Shots from the red carpet. Shots from the screening itself. Really great coverage we have of this. Yeah, we got special. a nice photo gallery. And, thanks, for you. and huge thanks to TJ Miller, our buddy, who uh, put up the invite for us and said, hey, come out to this thing. So it was one of those things where, listen, if TJ Miller gives you a call and says, hey, come do this, you kind of got to go, okay, TJ Miller, especially if you're on a comedy website. And also, Metal Insider contributor Alex, yes. uh, he. Our sister site, yes. Yeah, our sister site. He took on the task of uh, going and covering the event for us. So huge kudos to Alex. Thank you for your help, man. We really appreciate it. You, did, mm-hmm. you, uh, you did a fantastic job. And, uh, Again, laughbutton.com. Check it out. Go inside the Silicon Valley Scene 308 premiere event. All right. uh, We've got to talk about it. It's unfortunate that we have to talk about it, but we must talk about it. And we should talk about it. it. Also hap- this also happened last week, too, like late last week. Was yeah. it Thursday night? Friday, actually. Last Thursday or Friday. I think it was Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Shandling, uh, as you well know, passed away. And uh, he was, I don't know about you, Matt, but he was a hu- huge influence on me. Um, I remember being able to, I, can, I guess I can say this, say this now. They're not going to come hunt me down. But, but I remember stealing HBO. <laughs> uh, back in the day, we had one of those old school Zenith black and white TVs with mm-hmm. the 13, uh, 13 channels. You had a little knob you'd turn. And there was almost a secondary knob that was like a tune-in yep. knob in case like a channel was coming in kind of funny. You know, yes. like the local NBCs and ABCs it was, and whatnot. It, I, the, the early versions of tracking. Correct. Yes. And uh, we found a way, uh, my sister and I found a way, because we had a little cable box. But that, back then, the cable box was just a square with two buttons on it, mm-hmm. and it was either on or off, and the two buttons were channel up and down, and that's it. And we would select the channel that would house HBO, and th- then we took our tuning knob, and we could tune it, and HBO would come in. Oh, that's great. And so my sister and I, when my parents weren't looking, would watch HBO, and of course, in turn, I was able to watch the Larry Sanders show mm-hmm. with Gary Shandling. And uh, Larry Sanders show with Gary Shandling was amazing, a uh, huge influence. But uh, speaking of the show that it was, preceded but it, but it was also like I mean, not to get off on the Larry Sanders show, it was a big deal to have HBO as a kid. So like you had so, that one or two friend that had HBO, and maybe they had taped the Larry Sanders show because the Larry Sanders show ran from like early '90s to like late '90s. So it was kind of a big deal to actually be like, oh, so and so has HBO, awesome, and then you go see it. It's Gary Shandling show for me. It was on it was on pay TV, but like they re-aired it on Fox. It right, was, it was one I of the early that. days of Fox. But I didn't really get exposed to it until it showed up on Fox. And that literally had the greatest theme song of all time. It, it was so self-aware, so meta. Everyone's probably heard it. This is the theme to Gary show, the opening theme to Gary show. This is the music that you hear as you watch the credits. Um, Genius, yeah. man. Genius. Incredible. And Gary would act through the whole thing. So like as it would run, Gary would be like, okay, go run the credits. And they'd run the credits, and he'd like go and like – like at the bookshelf. Book, he'd go to his bookcase, yeah, yeah, yeah. or he'd go like play <laughs> poker, and he'd like make these, these very like broken of the fourth wall. Uh, nods to the audience and stuff and that show was so funny one of my favorite moments of, my favorite things about the It's Gary Shandling show was first of all talking about it with my friend Joe on the playground afterward like the next day or whatever we talk about It's Gary Shandling show and we were the only two that like seemed like know the show existed I don't know what it was but like it was we'd always talk about it we talked about how the theme song was great but one of my favorite scenes was he's walking through a wooded area and he's just walking around on a date with a girl and basically she asks him I forget even what she asked him to go steady I think or like are we a couple whatever and Gary basically breaks the fourth wall and leaves her 
and starts walking and talking to the camera, and you see her kind of disappear in the background. But then fast forward to, it's just a big circular walk area on the stage. So he ends up lapping her again with the camera, and he's here in the background like, hey, what's going on? As he's continuing this monologue to the, to the camera. So genius. But the show was full of things like that, where mm. it was just a lot of fourth wall breaking, a lot of just like... I can't believe no one's ever done that. I can't believe, and like that was like what I remember most about it. Scary Shandling show was just like I was like, this guy is so self-aware. Like in 2016, you'd use the phrase meta. It was a very meta show, but in the early 90s, it was just like, or maybe late 80s, I think when that show was originally on, it was just, it was just unique and, and absurd and wacky, and that's like what I remember most about that show. And that and and that was when I fell in love with Gary Shandling. You know, like. Fast forward to the modern times, you guys might know him as a senator in all the Marvel films. Who's actually a, a Hydra fan, you know? But uh, right. but but uh, that's such a small part of like the the lore that is Gary Shanley because he well, he's multi generational. But he yeah. also literally put on he he created and presented two of arguably the most critically acclaimed, beloved comedy sh- TV shows of all time. It's Larry Sanders show influenced. Everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth Meyers made a great statement about how he discovered it's Larry Sanders. He became friends with uh, Jason Sudeikis because Jason Sudeikis had tapes of it's uh, the Larry Sanders show. And while Letterman and all those guys made him want to do late night, the Larry Sanders show made him not want to do late night too. So, uh, super hat tip to Gary Shanley. I don't know if you have any great Gary Shanley moments or memories. I, I can't. Um, I mean, I can't top that. And I also don't. I want to save everyone the embarrassment. But uh, uh, no, no. It's just everything about him was unique yeah. and different, and he was his own brand. And I always respected him for that. Mm-hmm. And you know when something was distinctly, distinctly Gary Shandling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's what I appreciated about him the most. He didn't stop being him, yeah. you know, to appease anybody else or do anything. But he, he also de- seemed like the salt of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody said nothing, but he's the greatest dude ever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's all I've been reading since his passing. And it's yeah. uh, I never got to meet him, unfortunately. No, neither have I. Uh, but I, I definitely was influenced uh, by him, and and I think everybody was directly or indirectly. Well, well, you just I, can't help it. I think my my closest uh, encounter with Gary Shanley was he. I watched him accept a uh, lifetime achievement award at Just for Laughs a couple of years. Oh, back. cool! He was there accepting the award, and Paul Feig was there too. And I don't know if you know. Uh, well, our listeners probably might. You know, I know you know Paul Feig, mm-hmm. but our listeners might not know this. But Paul Feig, who's directed Bridesmaids, mm-hmm. he's directed Melissa McCarthy in like The Heat and sure, and Spy, Spy, and all those movies. And he's a really big advocate for uh, women in movies. He was on its Gary Shanley show so uh you know so paul feig basically got gary basically said hey paul come do this so i don't know if he he started in the show and he might have written in the show as well but like that's the closest i've ever come to gary shaling but like everyone was just like how great he was and you know like most uh veteran great comics they would always like figure out ways to kind of like mentor the next class mm-hmm. too so he did a lot of that too and then the saturday ba- or saturday or sunday weekend basketball games he'd have at his house where everyone seemed to kind of show up and play basketball at gary's house it's it pretty cool it was kind of like a standing invite type of thing and uh and if you go to our instagram we we shared yeah, judd, judd Apatow. Apatow. So sort of everyone kind of doing like that final final uh, basketball, that final game, basketball game on behalf of Gary. So, yeah, Gary Shandling, yeah, I mean, I, I think his influence is almost immeasurable. Um, you don't really realize it, but then uh, you think about it. And it's unfortunate you start to reflect on people only when they die. 
um, because I know. You know, and he died young, man. Sixty-six massive heart attack. Yeah, it's terrible. So, it's crazy. All right, uh, let's hear uh, the rest of the news real quick for yeah. you. Uh, we got the Red Band trailer of this new animated feature called Nerdland that's going to be cool. premiering at uh, the Tribeca Film Festival here in New York City. Uh, threw that up for you on the laughbutton.com. It's got so many comics in it. Uh, Paul Rudd, Patton Oswalt, some of the big names. And uh, you watched the trailer. Yeah, right it's, it looks really cool. And it's done by Titmouse, the yep. same people that have animated Metalocalypse mm-hmm. and a couple of those other like uh, those those adults. Moonbeam City. Moonbeam City. Yeah. Yes. Speaking Which, of Moonbeam City, unfortunately, yeah. just got canceled. Oh, I'm so bummed about that news today. Yeah. Uh, I really love that show, and and um, hats off to uh, uh, Scott, who was one of the guys behind the show who, who's joined us on the podcast, because mm-hmm. his his sens- sensibilities and my sensibilities as far as animation goes, and mm-hmm. and what we liked as kids like Tron and stuff. It's yeah, like yeah. obviously paid so much homage to those type of things, and I was very bummed when uh, the news came out that that show got canceled. <laughs> But when one goes yeah. away, uh, new ones come and mm-hmm. a bunch of renewals. Comedy Central renewed a bunch of shows. Yeah, we've got the complete list of everything that's been renewed uh, on Comedy Central, as well as everything they're doing to expand their Snapchat programming, which is very fascinating. Yeah. They greenlit nine new shows, including uh, Caleb Sinan, who's going to be a guest on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Uh, Mike Lawrence oh, has Mike got Lawrence a show. show yep. and, uh, and, of course, Nikki people Glazer. like Nikki Glazer has been renewed. Mm-hmm. So so uh, go to laughbutton.com. Check out all the latest in Comedy Central yeah, news. Yeah, a lot of renewals, including Tosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave 10 extra episodes, I think it was, to Nikki Glazer. Yep, not so. safe, yep. Drunk History. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's a lot of a lot of their flagship shows have gotten renewed. So Sticking around, man. Yeah, Sticking buddy. around. That's all good things. Yep. Uh, also, get ready for Saturday Night Live this week, weekend. Uh, Peter Dinklage will be hosting. And uh, he did some very f- funny promos. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the promos. I, I, they're always so hit and miss, you know? Well, and they're, and they're kind of like weird. These are like genuinely like I watched them and I was like that's awesome those needed to happen and I'm glad they exist because Dinklage is just the man like he can't do any wrong and Cecily Strong is just the right person to to pair up with Dinklage and it is tough because when they come out online you see four or five immediately in a row right and it's hard there's no audience and they're they're designed to be bumpers in between television shows but like when we post them online it's it's, they're kind of a little bit out of context right right um, but these ones are good yeah yeah, I love them they're they're very entertaining so yeah it's pretty awesome but I mean there's there's a ton of stuff going on too there was just a, a um, well, it's a, the, yeah, the winner of uh, Caroline's Comedy Madness. It's yeah. a kind of a play on March Madness, the basketball tournament every year. Uh, this is the fifth or sixth year, I believe, now that they've done it. Caroline's in, uh, on Broadway, uh, one of the more famous clubs here in New York City. Uh, last year's winner, Anthony DeVito, who we're both big fan yeah. of. Uh, he's your most recent champion, but other champions have been like Nate Bargatze and mm-hmm. Mark Norman, and and uh, people have gone on to do big things in comedy. Uh, so the latest edition just came to a close. Uh, so congratulations to Nico White for being crowned the 2016 uh, Caroline's Comedy Madness champion. That's pretty cool. We uh, put a photo up and gave you the rundown of uh, basically how the tournament works and and what he did to uh, win that. And you know, I'll, I'll add to it too. Probably by the time you hear this podcast, I'll throw up the bracket so you can see the final. <laughs> you know, who beat who and whatnot. And and uh, finally, real quick, um, before we get to the Jim Florentine uh, interview, this is pretty cool. Bill Hicks, Rant in E Minor, one of the mm-hmm. most famous comedy albums to ever exist. 
uh, sort of being kind of re-released. It's called Variations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can clear it up a bit. I mean, that, that, that album had like musical interludes mm-hmm. in it. And that was, that was the one that he was, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one he was recording as like he was basically dying. So it had a little bit of music to it, had a little bit of comedy to it. And the Variations that is going to air for the one night, one time only shot on Sirius XM mm-hmm. is, I think it has the music parts removed from it. I think that's the difference. So gotcha. it's actually going to be aired more as like a stand-up special than anything else. Um, and this will be the first time this has been uh, played, I think, since This version of it, yeah, yeah. They just reissued the entire Bill Hicks catalog, and Rantney Minor was on it, but not this version. But not this version, right. Have. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm a big Bill Hicks fan. I, you know, Revelations is one of my favorite records of his. Um, I mean, my favorite specials he's got. So, uh, and then, uh, yeah, he, I, I, huge fan. If you if you aren't familiar with Bill Hicks, literally pick up any piece of his his, his catalog and give it a listen, and you'll be uh, you'll be greatly amused. Yeah, he's kind of like the Babe Ruth of comic. Like he's one of those people, Ty Cobb, he's whatever. He's definitely a Mount names. Rushmore yeah. comic. He's definitely a Mount Rushmore comic. So, all right, here's our interview with Jim Florentine right now on the Laugh Button Podcast. All right, uh, Matt, we're joined by Jim Florentine right now on the Laugh Button Podcast. Jim Florentine, of course, uh, former president of the United States of America. He is uh, also, who knew, little known fact, uh, created G.I. Joe, uh, which is pretty pretty impressive. Um, but I guess it's something you want to keep secret. You know, you don't want people to know you did that because you're swimming in money. And uh, people will just come asking for it all the time, I would assume. Right, Jim? Yeah, I mean, look, just that I'm doing a podcast, I'm making uh, $5 a week. And I work for Sirius and make another $5 a week. I'm swimming in money. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah, we definitely swam in the same pool. The, yeah, and the, bit, only, so. yeah, and the only reason I asked you how long this podcast is because my quarters run out on the meter down the street. <laughs> just so gotcha. I know I'm going to park a ticket. So well, well we've yeah. got a couple of dimes and some nickels if you want to run to the deli yeah. and change them in. Perfect. <laughs> we can try to help out. Well, it's good to see you, man. It's been a it's been a little while. Yeah, man, it's been a while. Yeah, but uh, we're here because you've got a brand new special, and I'm very excited about this. Is um, you say you've been working on this since like 2007, but it's been writing itself uh, since the beginning of your first day on Earth. I yeah, pretty think, much. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I'm your savior, right? Yeah, it's a new special, and uh, it's it's about you and your life, and you you keep finding. Um, uh, maybe the wrong women. I don't know if you want to dress it up a little bit better than that. No, but, that's, uh, it. that's just that's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Gotcha. So, when did you first realize this was a, a recurring pattern for you? Like, uh, you know, because the first one out of the gate, you're like, "Hey, whatever." I shot for the bullseye, and I and I, I hit the wall. That's fine. We all do that. But after what, like three, four, seven? Like, how far do you have to get down the line before you're? Yeah, probably you know about what? seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, probably about seven. Like, you know, because I grew up like Catholic in New Jersey. So it was basically like, you know, real strict upbringing. You know what I mean? So there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of room for fun when you're Catholic. Mm-hmm. You, know, right. you have to do it, on, you know, behind your parents' back, basically, to do anything. And all the boy, all the Catholic schools my whole life, pretty much. So it was always boring. And I, I wasn't in the women until later because I was in, like, pro wrestling and, and heavy metal. And that's not a recipe <laughs> yeah, that, to pick up chicks. That big, sets you big back. Big females in those thing. audiences. A lot of Yeah, you know, I, you know, I go to the house party in high school, and I'm like, can you believe Rob Halford might leave Judas Priest? And they would just they would just run away. <laughs> that's all I wanted to talk about. Alfred. You know? Yeah, between. <laughs> that and the latest sensational Queen Sherry news, you know, you're not you're not doing too well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, Hulk Hogan lost a belt, and they're like, what? 
So, you know, you grow up shy and awkward, and then you start getting the, you know, once I get into stand up, right. then I, I want, I, you know, then you're out on the road. It's almost like you're in college go on the road for the first yeah. time. And I always, I always pick that one that was, you know, the chick that was dancing on top of the bar. Right. I always wanted that one. I'm like, that's the one I'll take. Meanwhile, that, that that's fun for about an hour. <laughs> and the, re- the, yeah, the other 23 hours a day, it's a disaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the one I was like, oh, that's fun now. And then you have to deal with the aftermath. Yeah. So that, to me, that was always exciting because I didn't have much of that growing up. You know, and I was always in, like in, more into the band stuff, like the the metal and the hard rock world. Mm-hmm. So they always had like these wild and crazy groupies, like you would see. And mm-hmm. so, I'm like, yeah, that's what I want as a comic. You don't really get that, you know. But uh, I but I always find that the crazy one out of right. a bunch. Well, before we get to the things you you were able to achieve because of your love for for what held you back, I guess, in the female department. <laughs> because look, you you found yeah. your way to success with those things and uh you, you know and that's a great achievement but but let's start with the the i guess what would be the root of the problem now now would you blame catholicism or are you blaming your environment in new jersey because i feel like as far as wrestling con- is concerned like a, there's there's a lot of wrestlers from new jersey right is, isn't bam bam bigelow is he a new jersey bam, guy bam, bam, yeah yeah <laughs> and i mean is that the only one that you can name who else from jersey well a i'm just trying to think off the top of my head because uh, my my wwf knowledge you know back then i i can't remember who else is from new jersey i don't remember i, I just know that i got into it when i was younger because i wasn't really in the girls mm-hmm. And, um, you know, basically it was for my mom. My mom, uh, you know, there was seven of us in the family. We had a big family. I was going to say, you had a big family. So Yeah, my dad went to work and my mom raised seven of us, you know, basically. And she was real. She was almost like a Mother Teresa where she would just bring people in off the street. Like anyone that was sick or anyone right. that we a family friend that was going through a divorce and a guy and they would stay at our house. It was like 13, 14 people, homeless people. She would just go bring food to and stuff like that. So I basically got that from her, like to save people. Right. You know what I mean? Like anyone in need, just, you know, help them out. So here it is. I'm your savior. Is this a Yeah, so, a so I would always find a trouble women going, okay, like I feel bad for her. Let me take her in. Gotcha. So but, it's, that's interesting because it's usually a role reversal, right? It's usually a woman that tries to find a broken dude and, and wants fix to fix him, right? Yeah. That's kind of dress like, proper and all that stuff. But but here you yeah. are raised yeah. in an environment where it's the opposite for you. And now you want to do that. You want to lend a helping hand. Like I so. even say in a special, like my first, I was... Uh, a bus boy making like three thirty-five an hour, fourteen years old, Jesus, and I adopted one of those Ethi- Ethiopian kids <laughs> for like whatever, like nine ninety-nine a month or whatever okay. it was. Like I, I gave like thirty percent of my check, <laughs> right? And I had, to, right. And I was getting pictures sent over because I felt bad. I saw the commercial and I felt mm-hmm. bad. I'm like, and looking back, I'm like, so I spent like a third of my check on that because I was just, I, it was instilled in me from my mom. <laughs> so you must have like forty-two dogs, a hundred cats. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 no I, I, Sarah McLaughlin's got you. <laughs> and the other way, it's like I, I don't like any. Like I want a calm life. I don't like any any. But meanwhile, any no distraction, drama. no yeah. drama. When I go on the road, I just I don't want any drama. I just want to do my shows, get out, you know, get guys that open that don't going to cause a problem. I don't want right. any problem. But meanwhile, these women that was always there was always drama. And I don't know why. Because I'm not addicted. I guess I am addicted to drama, but I hate it. Yeah, it's the one hour special. There was something about that one hour. It was just so much that more one fun hour than the 23 miserable hours. That one hour is phenomenal. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> right. you, when you get Roadhead coming home from the stress factory, you know what I mean? And then you got to deal with crying for four hours after. But, you know, right. Route 18 in, in New Jersey. Did I make Jersey. the right choice? Did yeah. I do it right? Is everything okay? You're like yeah. ejector seat. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. Right. So the one, the one normal girl that I did date was a school teacher, and to okay. me that was boring. We dated for a few years. Now, how old were you? Were you fourteen? And she no, was no, 20 no, no, no. This was like when I was like twenty. 
26, okay. 25, from about 25 to 29. She's like a, a principal now at a high school. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's that's the one I probably should have stayed with because that one had a normal life. But to me, it was boring. Like, if I had off right. on a Friday night, I wasn't doing comedy. She's like, come on, let's go to Applebee's. My, the school teacher's there. We're going to yeah. go talk about... I'm like, And I went there once. I'm like, oh, my... I was, I was crawling out of my skin. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. They draw you in with those... Life. They draw you in with those unlimited apps, man. I know. Just, yeah, <laughs> half-price apps after 9 o'clock or something Half-price like apps yeah. and, the, you know... and you just you know, shitting cheese for a week after that, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. All right, so... So, so it's interest. That's interesting. So you you look to fix things up and and help and and so your intentions were always good. Yeah, they were always good. Right. Absolutely. And you know, even with with comics, like I always try to help young guys. I've yeah. always had that in me to like bring you know help a guy get him in and then move on, bring somebody else and stuff like that. I've always had that. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the women, it always ended in a problem and a disaster, and it was just it was not good. Well, you've turned this into a, a one man show, and you've been performing it. How long have you been performing? Well, I did it, you know, sort of what we're we're able to download and see. You know, the last time I did it, it's probably two years old. I haven't done the show in two years. It was sitting on the shelf. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it because there's a lot of serious moments in it, too. And basically the feedback I got is do a regular stand up special Mm -hmm. and then follow up with this because this is more serious instead of coming out with this one first. Right. So I put that one aside. I did the stand, the regular stand up special that's still in negotiations where it's going to land. And I said, you know what? Let me just put this thing out because Mm -hmm. it's sitting there. It's still relevant. It's not dated, you know. Right. It's still part of my life, and now there's a part two. It had a happy ending, and that crashed. That that <laughs> crashed and burned. So now I'm going to film another one in a yeah, few months. Yeah, I heard about that. I wasn't going to yeah. bring it up. No, bring it up. Bring it. So I got can, no problem you know. at all. Yeah, it, it wrapped up really nice. My 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 one man show, and then all of a sudden that blew up. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I can trade you a failure for failure if you want. You know, if yeah, you want to feel at least better yeah. about it. <laughs> but well, before we get to that, because I, I want to, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about part two in a little bit. But uh, you can go to your website website right now you can well i guess as as uh, this podcast is uh, on a thursday this thing comes out on friday april 1st yeah right april fool's day so that's tomorrow for everyone so uh you can still you have a day to pre-order it if yeah. you want to pre-order yeah. it or if you wait the day you can get it and it's 7.99 right yeah uh, and if they, if they put promo code florentine and they get it for five bucks oh nice the cool. digital download oh, Florentine. Right. And then uh, there's also a DVD CD option too, mm-hmm. if you want the actual physical copy too. Well, it's it, there's a bunch of different sites it's on, so just go to my website. It's easier, JimFlorentine.com, and all the info's there. All right, pop quiz, real quick. We all know CD stands for compact disc, but do we know what DVD stands for? Digital video. No. Nope. Did, I, uh, digital know? versatile disc. Yeah, digital versatile disc because oh. you can record multi formats. Uh, on that piece of plastic. I'm sorry. I don't know why. No, I, no I didn't know. I should know that. <laughs> Completely unnecessary. It wasn't necessary, but it, I'm just thinking before before it's a format that goes away forever, because it eventually is going to go away. Oh, like, yeah, like it'll VHS come back. Vinyl's coming back. Cassette's coming back. You think people are going to buy DVDs and hang them up on their wall and, and buy old DVD players and be like, this is know. pretty fucking cool? I don't know. Well, the hipsters are trying to bring cassettes back. Yeah. Now. That's yeah. totally happening. In fact, uh, Gonelman just yeah, released Yeah, Josh, Gonelman, new, new Josh, Josh Gonelman just released they have on cassette. Yeah, so it'll so. come back around again. Just I, you save all that stuff. I have all my cassettes that I save. I, I have, have all, all my, my albums. Yeah. I have all my records. When I have my dad's record collection, my mom, my aunts, mm. uncles, I kind of gather all the record collections over the year, but not 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 cassette. How's your eight track looking these days? <laughs> I didn't have any eight tracks. I got my brothers. My brothers never threw them out, so I oh, do okay. have some eight tracks. So you have a decent collection. Go. Yeah, I wasn't. The, I didn't go that far back, but <laughs> the albums. I used to DJ before I did comedy, so I was always a DJ in a rock club and on mm. the radio and and parties and stuff. So and that's when you really 
really DJed. Yeah, vinyl you, and oh yeah, and you had to yeah. lug crates to the yeah, show. Yeah, like nine crates, all this yeah. equipment and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. And I got paid like four hundred dollars for a six-hour party. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I wish I could have brought a laptop. Yeah, <laughs> right. laptop. You don't amazing. even need a laptop. You can do it from your phone now. You just get like, yeah. You know, it's it's unbelievably. Simple. I had to go dig through a record to get another one. I yeah. didn't have this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all mathematically taken care of for you these days, Jim. That's nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll get back. I know it sucks to be on the other side of the coin. It's funny because you you make fun of old people when you're younger going like it's just a phone you press buttons and they're like i don't know what buttons are and like here we are you know struggling with this fucking snapchat i will never use it no <laughs> i vow to never use it no i'm not doing, not a 14 year old girl i'm not doing periscope either yeah i'll wait for the next thing gotcha. you know what i mean when periscope is gone i'll go i'll, I'll wait what's the next one I'll skip this one. <laughs> now, uh, I got to ask you this question because you did DJ at a time when you were using actual vinyl. Did anything ever get out of control to the point where you took one of those vinyls and you threw it like a frisbee at somebody's head and make direct contact? Like, have you have you used vinyl as a weapon at any point in your DJ <laughs> DJing career? No, I never did. But one time I had a party at my house and remember that Christian uh, metal band Striper? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, Striper so, with a Y, man. Yeah, so I had the Soldiers Under Command record. It was like a black <laughs> yeah, cover yeah. With, and they were all in like Bumblebee outfits or whatever. Mm -hmm. And somebody, I don't know who it was because a bunch of people at the party did coke on that record and there's still <laughs> the razor blades are still cut into my Striper album. They did it right on there. It was beautiful. I even told the singer there's, from Striper. There's we something so ironic I about no, they, they, they picked, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, if it was a Slayer album, like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah Coke sense. Slayer, yeah, but it was a Striper Soldiers on the Command record. Oh, that's so funny. I still have the, yeah, the Gotta get that autographed, man. Gotta get that signed well, maybe, I, yeah. by the people who did Coke off it. Not well, maybe Striper. that's why people still like, like, there's the resurgence of vinyls because, like, you know, you have a nice platform to, like, you know, separate the stems and the seeds. That's what my, my sure. I remember, my, like, I'm not, you know, super old, but like, I remember in the early days, people with like, they were talking about how they couldn't separate their uh, their pots. See, on, Matt, uh, Matt was proficient as a kid. He he wasn't he wasn't bound to lug crates around right to DJ shit he was no. like you know I'll separate stems and seeds <laughs> this vinyl at but home listen, conveniently but you have this nice house. great 12 inch workspace 12 <laughs> by 12 with a double gatefold sometimes no absolutely <laughs> um that's when like see that's when like records were sure. art they were pieces of art some of these well, things well vinyl yeah. vinyl sounds better than any other yeah, format yeah. by far cuz it's that, that that tangible the something is touching something to vibrate and create a noise. I think that's what yeah. It is. I I I started to get back up my vinyl collection yeah. and buy vinyl now and stuff too. So it's, it's a little ridiculous. They charge like twenty nine bucks. Yeah, for yeah it's, come on. You don't have to. Don't be a pig about it. Well, because it's uh, well, it's colored one hundred and eighty gram vinyl. I, you know, yeah. It's so it, specific. It's meanwhile, also, the old shit from the, the Stones records. <laughs> right. Yeah, my some my girls' record from, from seventy eight sounds great. Well, it's also from what I understand, it's actually because it's there's only a few people that are still able to print it. There's like only X amount of vinyl printing yeah. presses that it takes like four it, or five. It months takes for a longer a band time to, to generate it, it and all that kind of stuff because the demand's so high and so back in fashion, and they, they just don't have these old machines. They anymore. did a study that most of the, the the bands are making their most money on vinyl. Yes, there's a huge a profit doubt. in that too. Without because I, I would imagine that it's not necessarily a, a licensing deal that's actually negotiated in current con in modern day contracts because. You know, don't you have different rights to different different formats? <laughs> sure. When you're yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, so if they're like, ah, now, you take the vinyl rights, we don't want that. We barely want the CD rights. Now, the lifespan <laughs> of any band could be shorter than said amount of time it takes to cut the vinyl. So yeah. it's like you got to hold that band together at least five months so you could play a show to sell that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, Jim. So uh, to put put to put vinyl to bed, what's the prized possession as far as vinyl goes in your personal collection? Because you've been a fan of you know metal, obviously, for so long, and we'll get to that metal show in a bit. But what is the Jim Florentine item of choice that's 
in a lockbox. What are you box. saving if there was a fire? Or, well, yeah, all right, I have, uh, okay, so I have the Ozzy Osbourne Blizzard of Oz album right. with Ozzy's signature, Randy Rhodes, and Rudy Sarzo. Wow, on nice. It. I, I don't have Tommy Allridge, who was, he didn't play on the record, either. Rudy didn't, but Ran, I got Randy's autograph on that. And I also sure. have the original vinyl to uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> they, they only made like 10,000 mm -hmm. of those mm -hmm. before they had to change the color. I'm mean, the cover to it, so I have that too. It's not in great condition either. Mm -hmm. So those two things, but I, you know, the the Blizzard of Oz one with Ozzy and Randy Rhodes signature yeah, yeah, means a lot. And I have it hanging on my wall, in my office. Did so. you uh, did you see them when they came? Did you yeah. see Black Sabbath at the, the Garden? No, I missed it. I was on the road, but I'll see them over the summer. Okay, good. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait. See that. I know. It's. I heard nothing. I didn't see it either, but uh, I heard nothing but amazing things, man. People I'm going to see Iron Maiden tonight. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you got to get out of here, right? I'm, no, I'm surprised not, we're not doing this podcast not outside nine. the no, Garden. Yeah. Oh man, it's great. All right, so uh, let's flash forward now to those things that did hold you back in the women department, uh, but became huge career opportunities for you. Obviously, your love for music and metal blossomed into a, a career of sorts with that metal show with you and your friends. I mean, to be able to create something that you love anyway, and that's a part of your life anyway, and to do it with people that are your friends anyway is is a is a crowning achievement, no matter how long it lasts, right? Yeah, I mean... And th that metal show has lasted quite a long time. Yeah, we've been time. on for seven years. We're on hiatus right now. We're trying to mm -hmm. find a new network, but I mean, mm -hmm. we did 130 episodes, seven years. My whole childhood was basically, because I was getting in trouble from being in Catholic schools, rebelling, mm -hmm. so I was, I was always grounded, and I would make prank phone calls, because I was just bored. There was a phone, you know, in the, in the living room, whatever, so I just make prank phone calls and I would just listen to heavy metal because my older brothers got in the way. And then I wound up being on two shows later on in my life, Crank Anchors being right. one, where I made prank calls in that metal show. It's like, it's yeah. like, who would have thought? That all that is stuff. I'm, I'm listening to Ted Nugent or Aerosmith as a 12 year old. That's going to go anywhere. And I know who played on that record, the original Ted Nugent record, and then also making prank calls and just honing my craft, just being an idiot on the phone, and then that worked out well too. So. And now, now and how long? Did, and you're up to what? Five, six terrorizing telemarketers out there. Six, six, six now. Yeah. Yeah, six. It's awesome. So, so uh, at what point did you, you know, tell the parentals like, see? You know, like when, how long did it take before that See, phone call? There's a reason I was listening you know? to Stranglehold. Yeah. See? Yeah, because you're you welcome. Because Ozzy Osbourne, he was my favorite, and he mm -hmm. was the devil back in the day. Yeah, he yeah, was like yeah. anti. He was saying, he, were... He's like Trump, what Trump is right now yeah, yeah, to right. most people. That's how bad so, Ozzy yeah, was. Yeah. He bit the bat's head off the dove. Right. He pissed on the Alamo. He's always getting arrested and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, and my mom was always. I couldn't. I remember I couldn't play Highway to Hell by ACDC in the car. Mm -hmm. My mother would make me turn it off because you know talking about hell. Yeah, and sure. All that shit. So sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess she's. You know, she's like, wow, that that, that worked out for you. Yeah. <laughs> Like I guess known. I guess one sunshine's on a dog's ass every once in a while, right? It's priority. Yeah, who would have known? You know, burping in the phone. You know, as a kid, me and my neighbor just trying to bur see how could burp the loudest. I'd be on a TV show doing that. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, well, speaking of crank anchors, because uh, there was an album you guys put out an album. Yeah. I there think, was too, yeah? uh, like three albums. Yeah, three. It's it's pretty two cool. Two or three, yeah. And uh, Special Ed, right, was one of your characters, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like a, a relative of Special Ed. Bobby Fletcher was another one. Yeah. He was a guy, just a rude guy, who would burp or just be obnoxious on the phone, and Special Ed was, you know, the retarded fella. So you've been in conversation with your music heroes, and you've been turned into a puppet. Right? Yeah. So that's pretty <laughs> fucking cool, man. The weirdest that's... thing ever was 
when Crank Anchor's first hit and mm-hmm. it just exploded, I would go to a comedy club and there was one picture because I went to the premiere party in New York at Caroline's and there was mm-hmm. one picture I took next to the puppet. I never even met the puppet because they do that stuff right. in yeah, yeah, yeah. California. Right, right. We just go on a, we started in New York. We just go in a recording studio, make calls, and they would take it from there. That's all, my job was easy. I would yeah, just yeah. fuck with people and I'm done. So there was a picture of me with the puppet. It, it was online on like Getty Images and the, all the improvs and funny bones, I guess, took that picture off. They put it outside the comedy club and now I got kids coming to my shows thinking oh. I'm doing a puppet show. Oh no. Yeah, so there'd be like <laughs> families lined up and that would be the big picture oh, right no. outside the comedy club. They didn't give a shit and I, they knew I wasn't, you know, bringing a puppet and, and they didn't right. care. They just wanted the people in the door and I'm opening oh, with like man. five minutes on homeless people and they're like, where's the puppet? What's going on here? Say yay, say Pe- yay. People were walking out in droves. I could imagine. Oh, wow. Uh, I, you know, I wound up probably getting about 60% of them but 40% like, what is this? Where's the puppet? Yeah yelling two minutes in and I you know, for the first 10 minutes I'd have to address Crank Gang because I'm like oh I gotta get to my regular set here and it was almost like when Chappelle was, everyone was yelling shit right, yeah, yeah, yeah. back yeah. in the day I'm Rick James bitch I'm yeah all that stuff I was getting the same yeah. thing yay I got mad you know just yeah, people yeah. screaming it the whole time And so, um, so why didn't you go to Africa then what was holding you back why didn't you uh... I, you know I look back and if I would have got a puppet if I would have got that special ed puppet and yeah. did a puppet show and mm-hmm. learned to do I would have made a million dollars in a year and a half but I, I couldn't do it as a comic I go it's not worth it yeah it's not. I'd rather live in a, you know a three bedroom house than a seven bedroom house. What's the difference if I got four extra bedrooms? That's the way I looked at it. I go, well, I can't. It, I couldn't walk into the comedy cellar. Wasn't as worth a your soul, act. right? Because I wasn't going to be right. an Otto and George. Otto had respect. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I, I couldn't go in there going yay for forty five minutes and look any of my comic friends in the face. Right. So I didn't do it. You'd be the new. You'd be the blues clues of comedy. You don't want to be that. Yeah, you yeah. I would have, would have to hide. <laughs> or you would, or you would like spend your weekends like in the mornings doing like children's parties across the exactly. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> then well, Mo- Moonlight as a comedian. I'm glad you brought up the show. cellar because we're we're taping above it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the Ryecast Studios. Yeah, the Ryecast Studios. Your podcast you're, is part of. You're a part of yeah. it, so it's good to have another family member uh, on ours. So thank you. And uh, I, we always ask, uh, you know, our comic friends about their their getting past at the cellar and what that was like for them. And and do you remember getting past at the cellar and auditioning and and because everyone seems to have this story of. Yeah, and then fucking Chris Rock showed up and did 45, and then I had to do my audition, and it's, you know what I mean? Was it like that for you? Or what yeah, was it? I mean, it was I, I was in and out a few times, you know, because uh, I, I got past the cellar when it wasn't that, it was insane, where it wasn't packed every night. Okay. So sometimes going on at 1230 on a Wednesday night, there'd be 11 people in the crowd. Gotcha. You know, but it was still great, but you you know, you're working on material. I live right in Weehawken, right outside, mm-hmm. of, so it was easy for me to just come, and I would hang with everybody before and do a set. Right. And then, you know... Do, it was a lot of pressure because you want to kill. You know, when you first start working there, you want to have a great sets because you want. But then again, it's like, all right, it's 1230 and then on a Tuesday, I want to try new material. You know what I mean? Like, why am I? I know this shit works. You know, it works in the road, but I, I also got to do I got to do well. So there's a couple of times where I, I didn't get spots for a while. I knew why, because mm-hmm. I was like, let me try this shit, because I just feel like I'm going through the motions doing the same seven minutes or 10, whatever I was doing. But then once I finally got in, I got in, and it's great. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's been a, and you know what? It's great for on the road. It's great for you if you're doing a TV show where you got to follow Dave Attell mm-hmm. at the Comedy Cellar or, or Jim Norton or Nick DiPaolo. When you're doing a TV show and you got you know Dave Attell in front of you that's doing 15 minutes and then you got to go on after him or something, mm-hmm. you, there's no worry at all because you've done it a 50 you've times. You've done a million times, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that that shit's all overrated too. You know what I mean? Following somebody, oh my god, how am I going to follow him? Even like a, when a Chris Rock comes in or an mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, I remember came in the comic strip one time and i'm like shit 
I go, no, they're just going to be happy I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're happy that Adam walked in and did a set. They're not going to take it out on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah They're exactly. going to be in such a good mood. Oh, can you believe it? We came to the comedy yeah, show. We saw Adam true. Sandler or the comedy seller. So I would just ride that wave. Right. At first it was intimidating, it. but then after that I, I liked it. And I'm like, this is going to prepare me for the road in case I got a feature act in front of me that's killing and I, you know, I'm having a tough time following. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's a good way of thinking about it, you know, because most people are like, oh, my God, you know, it's like freak out city. But, it, yeah, if you, well, if you put it that way. Well, I think it's something that comes from just age and, and wisdom and doing this and putting in your time. Because, I mean, like, you know, I doubt there's anyone that you, like, are terrified of following these days. No, nah, I mean, so well, I just did it. I did the comedy store out in L.A. Yeah. like three weeks ago. And it was a Wednesday show in the U, in the big room. And it was Bill Barr, yeah, was say, Joe was Rogan, <laughs> uh, uh, Sam Tripoli, um, Oh shit! Who was else on it? I mean, we could look. David yeah. David Tell was oh, on it, yeah, so I had to go on after a Tell. Yeah, Tell, Bill Barr, Joe Rogan. Jesus, yeah, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. it was a and Red Band show. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah. every monster acts. Oh, uh-huh. um, uh, what's his face? Tom Rhodes. Oh, okay. Sure. So yeah, it's it like was everyone. one of the best shows I've ever been on. Yeah, it was like a three-hour show. And it was, it was insane. Just some show that was, place was packed yeah, yeah. on a Wednesday night. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, stayed to the end, and so that's great. Um, yeah, but I was a little intimidated by that too. I'm like, man, he's you know. These guys are killers on that lineup. But I remember Montreal, I went there one year and I was doing, um, I got, I was like 13th on the line. I was basically like the last comic. Okay. I didn't have good representation at the time. So they stuck me on at the end. And Tim Allen came in and Tim Allen wanted to do a set. So he comes in like 10 minutes into the show. Now, the rest of the comics are panicking. I'm not following him. The guy was going third. I'm not following him. I'm I'm, this is bullshit. This is my career. I go, I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it. He goes, anybody? I'll do it. Okay, you'll do it. I go, I'll follow him. Like, you're crazy. I go, no, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I rode that wave, and I got a lot of stuff from it. Nice. You know, like I got a Louis Anderson thing. I got a bunch of different, uh, an MTV thing, all from that. I wrote, People were just happy that Tim walked in. He did like seven minutes, and I went up and did seven right after him. It was great, and I got moved up to the third slot on the show. Sure, you got a better instead slot. Instead of the 13th, yeah. yeah. So, wow, great. And that's all from doing the comedy seller and Chris right. Rock coming mm-hmm. in and go, look, what am I going to do? You know, I got to go on after this. I'm not going to be a pussy. I used to cut 20 lawns a day in Florida in <laughs> August. Okay, yeah. so I'll follow Chris Rock. That was hard work. I mean, <laughs> not that following yeah. Chris Rock isn't hard work, yeah, but yeah, yeah. and I had to do that. I had no choice but to do that every day. So oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's really funny. So uh, then where does acting come into play? Is, is that something you just fell into? Is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, I always and- did. I, you know, I always wanted to do a little comedy and acting but mm-hmm. you know the stand-up is the first love but oh yo as a comic you always want to get into the acting too sure you never know make a few movies and just i always wanted enough people to come on the road to see me perform like do theaters like you know do do a bunch of movies and do a theater like two three thousand people to me that'd be your audience you could do whatever the hell you want one yeah. right that was always my goal i mean i obviously don't do theaters but i could still draw some people on the road where i could pretty much play to m- most of my audience that's most great. of the time, which is great. So that's what I always wanted to do. And uh, and you got to play the Slayers audience, huh? Oh yeah, packed out <laughs> fucking shows, man. Walking out on stage, seven. What what was the largest crowd? Like seventeen thousand. Jesus, man. that's uh, it, it, as a comic, that's crazy to think about because you're you're wondering if jokes even translate that far away. You know what I mean? Like when when you're doing like the cellar logo, even a theater, even a decent size, the two thousand seater. You know, it's you gotta can, travel to the back. Of yeah, the room you can and back, get to the know? back of the room. You can do that, but seventeen thousand people uh, is is pretty. It's a pretty impressive amount of people to be doing comedy in front of, right? Yeah, it was. It was. You know, lucky that metal show was on. I would have never done it if they had no idea. So probably about sixty to seventy percent of the audience knew who I was. Right. 
It was Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax. It was three bands of what they wanted me to do. I worked for Jägermeister, hired mm -hmm. me. I'd make like a 30 seconds of Jägermeister announcements. They wanted me to do three five-minute sets in between each band. Right. When I go on at 7 o'clock, when Anthrax is going on, and if the venue's a third full, I could have filmed an HBO special. They were that good. Yeah, yeah. But then by the time they do an hour, there's another half hour in between a Megadeth's coming on, they, you could feel their antsy. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. like, dude, all right, we saw you earlier. You. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who are you? It. Okay, I kind of know you're that guy, that third wheel on that show all right bring a fucking megadeth and by the time slayer came forget it it was brutal so were you just reading uh like album titles at that point like that third no, I that just, third I, no, set I just you're just like, naming rusted peas uh yeah, it was that almost, other one uh, hangar 18 it was almost like you know i was a cheerleader up there i'm like right. yeah who hates hip-hop you know <laughs> you know that's what i would do i'm like all right you know there's a big just four pandering the crowd oh yeah i had to because yeah, at, of course because what so happened great. was the third set i had to do slayer had this big stage show where i couldn't be on the stage because the 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 curtain was covering the whole well, the stage. wall of amps and all that. So yeah, well, yeah, rain sure. and blood. I'm sure they have the, yeah. The, yeah. So they, so there was not, I couldn't, I saw, I had to do it from the soundboard, the third set. Oh, Jesus. So I had to be in the middle of venue on the floor from the <laughs> oh soundboard. So just when they're ready to, you know, you hear eh, one, two, one, two, they think Slayer's coming on. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they go, all right, all of a sudden the spotlight hits me at the sound. I go, Hey, uh, I'm over here now. And everyone has to turn around like you fucking uh, asshole. <laughs> you again. Did you now uh, for the third act when you'd come out and do that? Would you change your name to Don Jameson? And, uh, that <laughs> nobody way nobody cover... even cared. <laughs> I even tried to bring one of the Jaeger mice. You know they have those like shot girls. Sure, yeah. they're walking around a venue. Just surround yourself. Oh with yeah, those so I bring like, so maybe I, yeah I got some eye candy. They won't throw shit, and they were still throwing beers. They were they, still... They're just throwing actual humans to knock <laughs> yeah. out those humans. <laughs> wow. They were covering the soundboard with a tarp. You know what I mean? Oh, like there was man. a tsunami sure. coming because because beers were just landing right on the soundboard. Uh, yeah, I guess brutal. you take your hits for the money sometimes. One right? guy punched it... me in the head. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like really? afterwards, I do like a meet and greet at the merchandise table, and <laughs> I just figured, why not? I'll say, hey, I'm at the merchandise table. I got some T-shirts. Come by, yes. and I was signing a T-shirt or whatever. Some guy came over and punched me in the head. Are you kidding? And he just walked away. He goes, that's what you get for taking some Slayer songs away. We're doing your stupid comedy. Oh, and he I, obviously I, doesn't understand. Doesn't then understand I, had, I, I told him, I said, look, I got to do five more minutes up here. Slayer's coming on at ten oh five. It's ten o'clock right now. I go, so they're not going to come on early if I don't. So if go take a piss, go get a beer, whatever you got to do. But I'm up here for five minutes. Too fucking bad. Deal with it. Wow. I had to say that afterwards because people think you're. Yeah. I'm taking a song away because right. I'm up there telling dick jokes. Now, now the bands they uh, they're aware of this. Do they apologize to you or are they like, hey no, man, they, sorry you got to eat a dick? They're like, for what's wrong five? with you? Why would you do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure, it's what they said. Yeah, they were like, well, dude, you're, you're out of your mind. But it is kind of crazy that now, like, like, the first thing that pops in my head now is you have like the oddball tour where there was fifteen, sixteen thousand people on this tour, and they're all there to see comedy that's got to be like a really great feeling in 2016 to see right com comedians kind of fill these types of venues and stuff like that too. absolutely it's, it's, no yeah, it's it is bigger now than it's ever been yeah you it's know? like they're, they're just, calling it a second wave i don't know if that's yeah. really true or not but i just look i always like a challenge you yeah. know what i mean like what and I, like i i know i can work in the comedy clubs and do it but i mm -hmm. said let me go in front of 17,000 people why not 10 17,000 whatever a night for a month it was a month tour and just see if it works why not what mm -hmm. am i gonna do I, they, they pay me well yeah. i was on a bus it wasn't too crowded and whatever you know and that's getting back to like the one man show I said let me try something different because I've done the regular stand up this is more storytelling and stuff so I'm like I always want to try different things you know because I could do the regular you know the comedy material and stuff and then I'll go back to that the next time alright well that brings us back to the special I'm your savior again you can pre-order it right now if you use the code Florentini you can get it for five bucks yeah the digital to, download yeah, yeah. Uh, jimflorentine.com just go there grab it and uh, so, so when you did finally sort this thing out, and and it, it was being taped for the special, was it hard to cut things out, or 
No, it is nothing cut out. It's just top to bottom, everything to bottom. that was in there. And, top wow, to that's bottom. great. Yeah, that's I just awesome. from the beginning to the end, and I was like, I did it about 20 times a show. And it's the last time I did it was probably two years ago out in L.A., and it was mm-hmm. a three-camera shoot. And I'm like, this is perfect if I want to put it out. And I'm like, you know what I'm putting it out. This is, this is you know. I didn't want to worry. It, 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 was, it was tough for me to do because there's a lot of personal stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I talk about the death of my ex-girlfriend and stuff like that. Right. To bring that moment up every, you know, up on stage, mm-hmm. it was rough, man. I was exhausted after the show. I'm like, man, I, you know. I go, I just want to go back to doing dick jokes. This is rough. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a really a tragic thing that happened. My ex-girlfriend committed suicide, and I talked right. about the whole night, how I found her and all the stuff. And oh, so, you know, going oh. back to reading from a diary of, you know, the stuff I wrote afterwards, you know, about her and all that stuff. So it was, you know, it was rough to get through. I did, so I was like, I'm not going to do this for three or four years, this show. I'm going to do it for a little while and then just release it. Was uh, was it therapeutic at all? Like, Yeah, uh, definitely was, you know, yeah. talking about it. I think it, it helped a lot of people, out too. There and, yeah, because oh, people can relate to stuff I remember like you that. wrote the article, I think it was Exo Jane you wrote the article for? Yeah. About, about that, and it seemed like a lot of people really kind of resonated with that story that you you, you put in that article. Because, I, you know, my because ex had depression issues, mm-hmm. and I thought I can, ha- I can help her. Yeah. I thought if I put her in a good mood, if I got her or whatever, you know, whatever she... But it, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's a disease. Yeah. So I, I always thought I could fix it no matter what i did i'm like i could fix it i'll, I'll be i'll be all fine i know how to work this you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's it, ultimately i i couldn't nobody easy, can yeah. unless there's you know intense therapy or and or medication right and i had no idea i just figured ah whatever you know she's you know she's she's you know she's laying in bed for a few days she'll be fine she's just mm-hmm. going through some shit or whatever she'll be all right so you don't know and then you know when i talked about it when i finally realized that it had nothing to do with me yeah, yeah. you know what i mean if she didn't meet me she would have done it anyway or you know she would have done it before or after or something. So I, I couldn't take all the blame, which was tough because you really, you yeah, know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you really think that it's all your fault. Yeah, or you feel like you're compelled to fix the problem or help the and problem. And then I didn't fix it, and, yeah. and now she's not around anymore right. because I made mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And you just, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, I couldn't even imagine. Um, it, but hopefully stage, and like you said, taping this and getting it out there and, now that it is filmed and you don't have to deal with it anymore, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. I don't look. I don't mind talking about mm-hmm. it, absolutely. I mean, it yeah. was nine years ago, nine nine and a half years ago when it happened, and then um, you know, eventually, you know, what happened is she led to me to my future wife, mm-hmm. and I had a kid and all that stuff. That went up blowing up. That yeah. was a happy end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that we, happened very recently. We yeah, do, we yeah. do have to get to part two, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so, part two is so, gonna, part two will be filmed soon. I, I was gonna ask you, uh, that'll be available April second, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> right. To film day, April second. Yeah, and with the code, I fucked up. Yeah, I think yeah. you get it for five <laughs> bucks. <laughs> um, so, so you, you you brought it up. You you had a happy ending with the with the end of this one, right? And but look. It, uh, life isn't uh, life works weird or however you want to say it. I don't know. I was raised Catholic too, which makes me almost not believe in anything at all ever. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I think it just, it, if you're going to ask for money from me with my own personal like donation envelope and I'm only like eight, you know, something's like, you know, I realized that later on in life. I'm like, all right, there's some shit I gotta try to fix. Well, when you when you see the when you see the priest driving around in Cadillacs, sure, you know what I mean. It's like, wait a minute, well, you know, if you got a shitty car, you don't have one or whatever, then I could see. But when they got the best stuff and they're wearing fucking Rolex watches, oh wow, it was that obvious for you. It wasn't that obvious. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was with our priests, without a doubt. They were all you know decked out like they're rappers. Well, I think that's why like uh, the current Pope resonates so well with, with people too, because he like he's clearly in it 
it for the reasons that he should be in it for. Where the Pope previously, uh, Benedict, who was just all forget. flash and and like you know the the shiniest of all things, and then Catholicism died when Pope John Paul II died. All right, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that was my guy. Yeah, he was like, he was like the Aussie of Pope. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably just because we had him around the longest. He was the, he was I remember. Him no, it's just the one from my childhood. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, it's, it's around for a long time. Like I can't tell you who won the last three Super Bowls you know it's right. like the same issue I remember yeah. I could tell you everybody who won the NBA championship from 1984 to <laughs> 1993 those were your formative but, years yeah, yeah exactly but uh yeah I couldn't tell you after that so uh so shit blew up man what uh <laughs> how are we feeling are you on the other side of the explosion at this point or are yeah. you back to you know Jim Florentine or what what's the yeah I mean I'm, yeah I mean it was uh it, all the shit went down Almost a year and a half ago. Right. It's been some time, right? Like, yeah, it's like 16 months or something like that. So it took a while. Oh, it's like a kid. You're saying 16 months. You're well, I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it was, it's, yeah. So, so it's not quite a year and a half. Yeah, gotcha. it takes a while, man. Because, you know, especially when you got a kid involved. Sure. You know, so then you got to go through the divorce and all the shit. And, mm. you know, and then you have to deal with that person. You know, if it's just a breakup with somebody, if some shit goes down, you know, if that, you know, eventually you just drift away, you don't have to talk to them anymore. But if there's so. a kid involved, they're, they're always going to be in your they're life. They're always going to be in your life. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, it's a little annoying. Um, but, you know, like, I, you know, the, the, yeah, the, you know what? It's not the end of the world. So what? You know, your marriage blows up. Somebody's not faithful. And it wasn't me. Um, you know, it, just, it could be it could be a lot worse. Like you know, with my ex, like as I was saying, I'm like I dealt with some tough shit. Yeah, my, yeah, my ex yeah, passing yeah. away was a hundred times worse than what I went through. You know, with this, mm-hmm. you know, you think you find the right one, you don't know. Sure. You had any good relationships? Yeah, like I said, the one with the school teacher was oh, great. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did see she, that. Is she yeah, married? Yeah. She's taken? Yeah, she's, she's taken. Yeah. Sealed, delivered, Look her up on wrapped Facebook up. And see yeah, what's I could, yeah, I couldn't, you know, I would, you know, I try to send her an email. Go, look, I, re- I got an Applebee's gift card. But, yeah. <laughs> with your you name know, on it. Yeah, it expires at the end of the month. I got to use this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, she probably, you know, she probably said, look, if I'm principal of a school now, I don't want to be attached to this this creep. Right. You know what I mean? They right. can do a Google search on her husband. She, she'll get fired. <laughs> You know, so it was probably better off. Someone saw your act on YouTube, and like, yeah, exactly. She's, she's like with this, this guy, she's, yeah. So, um, but you know, who, who knows? But you know what? I, it's fun being single again, though. I never thought it would happen. Yeah, you know, I didn't get married till late. You know, I didn't have a kid till late, right. late in life, and I, I like it. It's fun. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how. How do you? I mean, do you just just go to clown town? Like you know, just going to tear. Yeah, yeah. Women. What happens? I mean, Download I, I haven't every been app, Tinder, Bumble. All yeah, I, I haven't been single in so long, and nah, Matt and I I've joke about this in all like the time. Fifteen years, and it's like I wouldn't even, I couldn't even imagine dating you know in the I mean? modern in the modern age. It's, like yeah, how it works. I know these it, days. it was it was weird for me yeah, too because I had no, I was out of it for. Uh, I was with her for almost six years, mm-hmm. so I was out for six years. Mm-hmm. And a uh, lot's happened in that time. Like, yeah, I know. So then all of a sudden, like, phone, oh, you got to do this, yeah, you got to do this, you got to do this. So it took me a while. Mm-hmm. It was rough. You know, I was like A-Rod. You know, remember last year? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he even going to make the team? Yeah. Does he have anything left? Hits 40 homers. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I, got, I think I got, I got comeback player of the year. I started <laughs> off slow. <laughs> Oh man! Because then you realize, like, all right, what are you gonna do? I'm not. I'm not. Right. You know, I well, got you my can't kid. Around, yeah. I got my kid half the week, and it's like if if I don't have him and I'm on the road or if I'm home and I don't have him, why not? I'm go on dates and yeah, you, you use all of the, the tinders and the bumbles and all that shit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to connect with people than going to a bar. You think it's uh, is it trickier because of the success you've had with you know television and 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 now that you've 
racked up all these credits and and you know you hear all the time if a famous person or someone who's unbelievably attractive is just like i can't find dates and everyone's like fuck off you're blah 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 and it's like well you don't get it like there's this big front you know that comes along with me and you don't know if someone's real or not and that that type of stuff you know absolutely I mean? you don't know that and you know look either girls are intrigued by it because they know who you are right which works to your advantage but ultimately well, it's do you the really hour want, of fun right <laughs> but yeah do you really want to you know if this who what's their motive or they realize that you travel a lot and you got a bunch of stuff going on like i i can't have somebody that's gone pretty much every weekend or right three weekends out of a month i need a normal life so then that that weeds out a lot of them you think you'd make a good principal <laughs> no, not, not jobs, in this day and man? age. You wanna... Not in this day and age. I, I, you careers? know, twenty years ago, I would have made a great principal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but now no. you're in too deep. Yeah. No, now I just I wouldn't deal with this. There's too much footage, the, Jim. The There's parents. too much footage. Well, that yeah, and the parents coming. Yeah, I, I mean, I shit in the top of a toilet tank. <laughs> On Louie, yeah. Yeah, was, which was which right. I did it on yeah. a DVD. Like I, I, me and Don Jameson released these mm-hmm. hidden camera DVDs, yeah, yeah. and I took an upper decker. It was so called Meet the Creeps. Yeah, right. Meet the Creeps. We were shitting the top of a toilet tank, and I remember my manager at the time. He goes, "You realize you're not going to get any." leading roles in any films <laughs> if you put this thing out here. And this was even before Jackass. Yeah, and, you know, right. Johnny Knoxville's doing worse stuff. You know, he's in a port of john getting turned upside down. Now and, he's producing. And he's a leading man and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, and then I wound up being on Louie from, yeah. from doing that because Louie was a fan of of the Upper Decker. Okay. Uh, I, he saw, I guess, the video of me taking an Upper Decker and calling the front desk and a hidden camera and the guy finding the Upper Decker on the top of the toilet tank. <laughs> and Louie always thought that was funny and he wrote, actually wrote it in an episode for me. So it was beautiful. So great. Well, you kind so of immortalized yeah, yeah, yeah. another thing. Who I know. Knew? I know. Who would have known? I know. I took I taken an upper decker. We were, I was taking him for years as a kid too. We'd always just take an upper decker. <laughs> Did you wish Louis didn't kill you in the episode in the process of taking the upper? Yeah, decker? Yeah, I know. I'm like, all right, I guess. But you know, Louis, Louis, you never know what Louis show. Yeah. You know, like I could come back next year. This is true. Because then they have two different brothers. Like, wasn't Robert Kelly the brother Bobby's in the second still, season? Bobby's still the brother, I think. But I think the first season it was had a different brother, and then his. I don't his know. wife was black the second season, not the he first had season. A, oh, right, he, he had right. different kids the first season. I right. know that. And then he has white children and a black ex-wife, which I think is hilarious. I yeah. just find that so funny. And, and his then, whole thing is like, who cares? Like, yeah. Who gives a shit? Okay, well, that's why, you know, yeah. so if he goes, yeah. I want to bring this guy back. Yeah, so what? He died. Yeah, but you know what? I, I don't care. <laughs> so you never know. My old, uh, my old bandmates, when I lived in Atlanta, uh, this one particular rock band I was in, we lived in two separate apartments, right? We were split up two and two. And uh, we just had this ongoing thing where some we had keys to each other's apartment, and whoever got home first from work or didn't have to work that day would go over and take an upper decker and the other fucking bands. Really? And it would sit there for a fucking day. By the time you get home from work, it was just like you motherfucker, you know. And they, they that band was kind of weird because they had three brothers. And nah, me. really? So yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> and it was just like. It was just back and forth. I was like, I don't need this shit. <laughs> Literally don't need this shit in my life. Right. I'm out of here. I moved to New York City with a different band. I mean, I love those guys, but yeah. it was just like, this is never going to end. No, you know, no, it's, it's never going to end once that party starts. Well, yeah. you know, it so. just, I mean, it just goes to show that, like, you know, no matter where you get in life, like, the things you find funny, and uh, you are always going to find funny, you know? You're right. Gonna, whether you're cr- crank calling people at eight or nine or however old you were, you know, when you're older, it's like, oh, that's still funny to me. That's a, that's a good question. So with your family, because you have a big family, what what's what was the one of the running themes of comedy in your family? Like, 
Was there sort of the the Florentine family, whatever? We're all ball busters, okay. a lot of us. Yeah, my family is too ball busters. So mm-hmm. I got it from my dad, then I got it from my grandfather, and then you know five out of seven of us are just pure ball busters. So we're just <laughs> relentless. You know what I mean? Somebody comes in with a bad shirt, you get <laughs> yeah, twenty minutes. Yeah. My, my sister made a made a shitty cake like fucking twenty years ago. It's been a Still running, talk jo- about it running joke for twenty years. Still happening. Twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I remember my ex-father-in-law, like he he was, uh, you know, he was like a manly guy from Rochester. He used mm-hmm. to chop wood and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And he, and he loved um, uh, um, Les Miserables, the movie. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, and, and we'd make fun of him all the time. And his name was Rala, so we just started calling him Les Miserables. <laughs> and, he, and after a while, he was like, this, is, he goes, this isn't funny anymore. I go, oh, you realize? They go, you're, until for the rest of your life, you're Les Miserables. <laughs> he goes, it's getting old. I go, no, it's not. It'll never no. get old. Never get well, old. Well, it's just been introduced to another uh, audience here at the Laugh Bug <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Podcast, so keep it going. So if you ever see him around, oh, so <laughs> he's like, "No, I cried at the end." That I go, "No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're just saying that." Oh man, that's, that's a lot of fun, man. So yeah, so pretty much the ball Boston growing up, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, just incorporate into my comedy and stand up and pranks and all that stuff. So my son's on the latest telemarketer CDs five. <laughs> He's doing prank calls now. It's He's amazing. bothering people in the does, supermarkets. Does that make you just like your heart swell with pride? Like, he couldn't wait. He couldn't <laughs> wait to get on a CD. He's like, I'm on a CD. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm Telling a, all the kids in school. I'm always fascinated by that. At what point do you tell your kid uh, like you, what you do and, you know, and can they understand what you do and why you do it or how you do it? That type of thing. Because comedy is such a unique path. No, he knows. You know, he saw me down. once before. He, I brought him up on stage. He told a couple of jokes too. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's he's all in. He's in. A, he's already in a band. How much he's, is his special going for? Is he's, he'll have a special soon. He's already got. He's, he already has a band. He's got a name for a band. He's got like twenty songs written. It's insane. Every day, Dad, I wrote a new song. And he just comes up with these oh, lyrics. It's amazing. He's five. That's fantastic. I take him music lessons every Monday, and the guy just strums on the guitar, and he just. Start, I got a song called uh, Legends, and I'll just start singing and making these words up, and he's all rhyme, he's rhyming words now. It's. It's, he's unbelievable. Wow. He's like, I'm gonna put a CD out, and he's got a band going on tour. You it's know, called Son of the Savior, right? Son of the Savior. Are you left-handed, by the way? Yeah, I'm lefty. You just yeah. air guitar lefty. I just I'm realized lefty. that. I was like, who's making chords with the right hand? Who yeah. does it? Oh, That's why I couldn't person. play in a band. I always want. All my friends were in bands growing up, and I wanted to be a band, but right. everybody, I was lefty. Like, I don't know. I can't. I, and, none, I can't. and no I'm one had a lefty a, guitar. No, right unless hand. Tony Iommi or Jimi Hendrix. Sure. You know, sure. like no, I'm not gonna turn a guitar around. Could you play righty? I'm like, no, I can't do anything righty. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a big pain in the ass, man. Uh, like my my dad forced me to be left-handed with a bunch of stuff just because he he was under the impression that was some sort of advantage. Uh, when it was really just a huge di- disadvantage. Well, I but guess in, maybe like switch hitting in But baseball. in sports, like yeah. batting left-handed, you were closer to first base by two steps, you know, and the yeah, worst player you, was the, always in right field. But the problem and, is like, you couldn't play too many positions as a lefty. You couldn't play third, short, well, second. I, well, I threw right-handed, but I batted oh, lefty. Oh, yeah, okay, so that's good then, and, yeah. Yeah, so, so I was all kinds of messed up. So then when, I, when the drums came, it was like it didn't matter because the same thing. My friends who were drummers, they all had right-handed kits, and it was like my tendency was to play left-handed, but I was like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. You're using every part of your body, so I just ended up being right-handed. Right, yeah. yeah. But that that sucks. So that prevented you from music for all time then? Well, like, I don't have the ear for music either. I, yeah. I tried. You know, well, I you do. You know what you like, but, but as far I, yeah, as playing. Yeah, but as, as yeah. far as the yeah, just to, you know, I, I went for a 
driving along lessons one time, and this woman just told me after the first lesson, usually I want to take your money, especially like, you know, in the middle of Jersey, some little town, like, yeah. oh, milk this guy. And it's like, you don't have it. <laughs> like, I could take your money if you want, well, but you got nothing. You well, have no wow. ear for music. You said something like uh, get into voiceover work or something like that. You do have a very unique voice for it. She might have said that. I don't know. But I, I'm glad that she was honest about it. Yeah, she just told me right off the bat, like, you don't have it. You, know, you just don't have an ear for music. My son does. He's got great rhythm yeah, and he's like got it. it. But I don't, yeah, I don't have it. Mm. I love listening to him and watching sure. you know, stuff like that. Talk That's why I was never a good TV, dancer. Yeah. That was another problem, not getting laid. I, was, I wasn't going on the dance floor and dancing. And sometimes you had to take the bullet and do that. Right. That's... I didn't want him to show him how bad I was. So I was the guy holding all the fucking pocketbooks and their, and their coats <laughs> on the edge of the dance floor as strange guys were grinding on them. Because I went through the good friend phase, and that's in the special too. How right. My dad, my dad, and my, my parents were married for thirty three years, and I and my dad's like, take a, take after me, you know, treat women nice, and I was the good friend, and that was torture too. So I was the one taking all the girls to the club, and they sure. were making out, and I was in love with them all. And of and course, were, you're the one they want when they're older. And now it's too late. Yeah, and yeah, go, yeah. But I was the guy, you know, and I was in love with them, and they had these yeah. shitty boyfriends that treated them like crap, and yep. I was always there for them. And I thought, all right, I'm gonna get them now. And nothing. It would just, you know. But then I, sh I show, like, it's a slideshow, too. I show a lot of pictures. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. That you use, some, you know, I use a lot of pictures in it. Sure. And I show you, I go, this is what I look like. I mean, you know, and I show one, like, yeah, with a bad mustache and a driver, mullet. Is that your driver's license? It was license my driver's license. So yeah, I'm bad, like, dude. yeah, I know. I'm, I go, I'm like a, a three on a scale of one to ten. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to date nines. Yeah. And I, I had no idea that I was that much out of their league. I go, but look at this picture. <laughs> what, you know, I'm like, that who, who would bang that? so specific, too. My mom says I'm very, very handsome. <laughs> well, we all grew mustaches in Jersey because uh, we it, we looked older, so we can get booze. Right. So you didn't have to go in with an ID. You just had a mustache. Like, okay, you know. Put now it, you're the good guy getting booze for everyone at the party. And getting booze for the party. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you get me, uh, you know, a, a twelve pack of wine cooler? Sure. Because I had the bad mustache. Right. You know, and they would they would drink them and then bang my friend. Oh, the, yeah, I was, that was, I was that way annoying, with man. <laughs> I do. That was my childhood too. But all then, through so, high school, man. I so then, sucked. then I, I was friends with all these guys in bands, and my and I tell them this in the in a special where I had this guy who was friend of a band. He had chicks all over him. He goes, dude, you goes, sh shave that mustache, grow your hair long, and you'll get chicks and be an asshole like me because he was just a jerk to girls. But that's what they wanted. You know what I mean? He was yeah. like, yeah, whatever. And you just blow them off. And then I did that. And then I just went on a tear. I became the asshole, but I didn't like that. And then I went back to being a good guy, you know, because I was having problems with my parents. They were like, what are you right, doing? Right. I tell a story how this girl I was dating, uh, uh, she was coming over for Thanksgiving for the first time, that Thanksgiving dinner, and the night before I hooked up with a stripper, <laughs> right? And I took her, I was living with my parents, so I took her back to my parents' house, and the next day, during Thanksgiving dinner, there was a knock at the door. She sent me a dozen roses, and she just put on the card, hey, I had a great time, let's let's hook up again. I just want to send you a happy Thanksgiving. A stripper sent you flowers? Yeah, a stripper sent me flowers. Okay. The next day, a dozen roses. So my sister went to the door. She goes, Jim, can you come here? She goes, you got these roses. And I'm looking at the card. She's like, what are you? What a, what a scumbag you are. Because she knew I had my girlfriend in there. Right. So what do I do? I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? So I just took the card, Give the threw it girl. to the side. I walked in the living room. I gave the roses to my girlfriend. I go, happy Thanksgiving. And I gave her the roses that I got from the stripper. Uh -huh. And my sister wound up telling on me, and I wound up getting thrown out of the house my dad was oh, pissed that was like a turning point in my life where my dad's like get the fuck out you're a piece of shit my mom was mad oh wow you know i'm like what are you doing you know why would you do that because she was crying in the roses she was so happy 
you know, my girl couldn't believe I did that. I did it in front of everybody too. I'm like, yeah, I got, I, I didn't have a, I, I don't know what happened to the card, but I, you know, uh, I hope, you know. But, 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 but Mike told me this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave told <laughs> me this. Dave, what, so yeah, Dave told fuck, me this. You know, to be Dave doing the it. bass player. He's still- <laughs> Yeah, Dave, Dave the guitar player. He even named his name. He was in a metal band, and right. his name was Dave Chase. He, he, uh, last name he switched to Chase because he goes, oh, all the girls are chasing me. Oh, so great. my name is Dave Chase. Yeah, <laughs> so he, funny. He it's go, always he, slave. Or chase. Yeah, yeah. He go to, to the club and he put two pens in his back pocket. I'm like, two. He goes, I'm gonna get so many numbers tonight. One's gonna run out of ink. Oh, man. <laughs> but it, he was Davis a closer. He sounds like yeah. a dick. He yeah. was just amusing to be around because he was so silly. That's so funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, well, it just you, takes a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Sometimes, man. Well, uh, Jim. Let's talk about your podcast real quick. Yeah. So, what's the latest, man? What uh, What can we expect in a future episode of your podcast? Uh, and how do we get up on this? Yeah, and how do we get on this? You. <laughs> yeah, you guys probably got in too late. Yeah, I, I guess that's I mean? what there's, happens. There's no room for you guys. We've got to have a conversation with Bobby about see what's going on. Um, you know, like been, front and center too. Yeah, you're front and center. Nice... From the beginning, me and yeah. Bobby Kelly were the first two. I think maybe yeah, I think me and Bobby were first two on the on the on the Jersey Jerks. I think too. Yeah. We're on. Um, no, look, I love doing it. I've been doing it for like four years. I do it once a week. Mm-hmm. I just do mostly rants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll make fun of Facebook posts. Uh, which, which, oh, by the way, I'm launching a, a website Friday too, tomorrow or today, whatever. Listen to awfulfacebookpost.com. Okay, okay. Where I just where I, I I go behind like I'm a newscaster behind a desk with a suit and tie on, and I put people someone's Facebook oh, post fantastic. up, and I just destroy it for like a minute. They're like minute clips. That's amazing. That's yeah, so That's you great. know, yeah, just like you know, uh, you know. Uh, Mother Nature, uh, you know, go home. I want Summer to come. And I'm just like, there's no Mother Nature. You know what I mean? And if there was, she's probably not following you on Facebook. I don't know how she's going to find this. You know what I mean? Like, who, we, I don't, I look, Mother Nature doesn't have a page and you're not friends with Mother Nature. So how is she actually going to see this? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. So she like that. Fun. So I'm, I'm going to post like two a week and I'm making a book of it eventually. Oh, it's great. Of, you know, just, you know, I rip apart like Facebook and new slang words, whatever. Right. Is, you know, what everybody else is saying. Bay. Bay. I can't. Yeah. Bay and just, gas with an A. Oh, just brutal. Just, 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 you know. What is it? Ass with an A? What's that? Yes. Y-A-S. What's yes. that one? It's just, it's, it's just a, uh, a hyper yes, I guess. Yes. yes. I think it came from Broad City. One of the girls in Broad City says mm. it quite a bit. I don't mind the the, yeah. the, the the new slang and stuff like that if you're a kid. Like yeah, my yeah. whole theory is you're if, 15, if 16, you're like under yeah. 25, yeah, sure. you want to fit in. It's you're all about Wayne's World came in. out. You said not. We all did it. You right. Know, you're trying to fit in with everybody. But it? then when you're when you're in your mid 30s and yeah. 40s, when I like now that I'm dating and stuff, I'll get these girls, these women like 42, and she's like, saying cray, I said or something like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be you know, she'll send me back Avi O B V I, and I'm like, I go, are you? Is this is this from is message from you or your sixteen year old daughter? Like, what are you talking about? I go. Why would you split Avi? I go. That, yeah. Oh, you're old. I go. No, I'm not old. You're forty two years old. You don't yeah. you don't have to act like you're sixteen anymore. Yeah, my wife has a friend who like shortens like everything. Yeah. And then when I listen to her, I'm like, you're you're a grown woman. Like you don't. Need I know. To you really go like who? We, my <laughs> whole theory is who we trying to impress. Yeah. We're older now. It's like we're setting our. You know. I mean, we're comfortable in our own. The skin. concrete's dry, as I put it. You know, in, and that you know, brain. especially the word "fucking selfie" that just drives me nuts. I'm like, no, no grown man should ever say that word. Well, it's also the context of it. It's it's basically means a photo now at this point. I know like, it means a photo, and it's just right. like you don't have to say that. 
because you're just trying to fit in. You could just say, "Hey, I don't have anyone to take this. Let's just I'm going to snap it right here." Yeah, but there's it's also- only it's only three seconds longer than saying that word. Right. You know, and and if you say, if you're thinking you about don't have it, you have to do that. You just say, "Hey, let's take a photo." Let's take a photo. Exactly. Yeah. That's all you have to do. There it is. Yeah. I just did. But it. you know, girls are out. The, the girls night out. Let's take selfies. Like, all right, that's you know, it's a girl thing. So and when a guy when a guy at yeah. my show comes up and he's wearing a fucking fog hat shirt and he goes, "Dude, I mean, he's got his hair parted in the middle." He goes, "You want to take a selfie?" I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You're, you're wearing fog hat shirt." I didn't even know they made them you know what i mean you're not obviously not trying to fit in if you're wearing a fog hat shirt and you got hair part in the middle why are you saying that word what what uh what aggravates me is when it's not actually a true selfie like where it's just like this is just a photo of two people yeah i know someone else clearly took the photo like yeah they don't even know um, how to use the word there was that uh that guy that hijacked a plane over in like uh pakistan or right uh, yeah over and, yeah and then the, the, the young kid who took the photo with the actual hijacker that wasn't he didn't take it himself no but everyone's saying it's a selfie it's released it's like no there's two people standing there and a third person took the photo yeah, unless that he's by mr def- fantastic with that his by dick definition is not a selfie please stop saying this you're a news organization like. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just, it's, uh, so well, I, that's my podcast yeah, yeah. is basically just right. ripping on CrossFit, whatever, you know, whatever silly shit is out there now. You know, people, so, and people send in, like, I have an email, people send in, like, awful Facebook posts to me. Oh, that's so great. I'll send them in, and I'll just go, I'll put them in a folder, oh, and I'll just great. go through them and rip them apart. But now nice. I'm going to have, like, awfulfacebookpost.com. People will come go watch them, and then they could submit from there. That's such a great idea. That's so, great. Man. And then that's I'm com- coming out with a book at the end of the year with a lot of that shit in there slang words and, sure. uh, you know, b- bad t shirts. You know, the goofy T-shirts, you know, people wear at the gym. Sure. You know, hashtag beast mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of guys wearing, I love my wife, you know, shirts like that. I'm like, dude, really? Do you have to put that on a shirt? You know what I mean? So the name of it, Comedy Metal Midgets, does that come from anywhere? Or are you just like, oh, these are three words I like? And what yeah, I just kind of, you know, it flowed in threes. And it was mm-hmm. like, because I, I wanted to interview some guys in bands. But I, I had Metallica on my podcast, like interviewing them for a special or whatever. Yeah. And people like, dude, get back to rip, ripping apart Facebook posts. They don't, they don't. So I do it once in a while. I'll do an interview. Yeah, I've had Metallica. I've had Slipknot on. Yeah, I've we had, don't care about Metallica. We want more bad Facebook I know, posts. I know. I know. It's crazy. So I just got to. Go, they just want me to go on rants about different shit. So that's basically what my podcast. They're, they're the is. same people that'll bitch in the opposite direction too. Too much, too many posts about face, too many rants about Facebook. Yeah, Even I know. One guy's like, "Dude, you got to come up with new material." Like, no, this yeah. is this is gold. It's gonna, always going to be gold. You, you know, it's a fascinating world. Is in, and I'm glad you brought up Metallica. Is the the Metallica pick collector underworld? Do you know about this? No, no. These people that that I mean, there's tons of them. That people collect Metallica picks because Metallica makes like guitar picks. Yeah, like guitar picks. picks Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we were talking about picks before. My bad. No, like the guitar picks, because Metallica's always making new picks for every tour, special events, like when they did Yankee Stadium and they played Ender Sandman, you know, live. Uh, They they had special, you know, guitar picks with pinstripes at 42 Metallica on the other side. These things go for crazy amounts of money on the internet. Really? And it's, it's just, yeah, there's this... Metallica guitar pick collectors underworld. It's huh. nuts. Yeah, check it out. Just go online, look up Metallica picks on eBay or something. You'll be like, holy shit! Like this picks go for five hundred dollars, or you know, thousands I got a bunch of dollars. Of Kirk Hammett ones. I got to check out what they're worth. Yeah, it's yeah, because he did our out. show and he gave us a bunch of picks, like yeah. a whole can of them or whatever, different ones. One of their sound guy, um, um, uh, James's, one of his techs or someone was a fan of my my serious show. So whenever he'd come up to the uh, the studios, if, if Metallica was up in the house, we'd hang out in the lobby. He's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, I got a bunch of these extra picks. 
you know, you want some? I'm like, yeah, sure. I got friends who like Metallica. You know, they'll they'll enjoy these. And he gave me a bunch of these picks, and I'm just sorting through them. And I'm like, you know, I gave them all away or whatever. My friend's like, dude, you don't understand. Like this pick you just gave me. And I'm like, what about it? And he's like, you don't know. And then I looked it up. I'm like, holy shit. Really? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> wow. nuts. Are you yeah, talking like rent paying money or like no, you know well, buying pause, a burger? If, if you have more than one of them, sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like fifty bucks a pick, something. No, like that. more than that. Like you could the I know the Mariano Rivera one was going for like yeah, a I could lot, see that because that was made for, you know what, thirty seconds or whatever, and and they were only for that one particular thing, and there were only a couple of them on his you know mic stand or whatever. They're, they're, those are super rare, and he like chucked a couple into the outfield or whatever, you know. Yeah, I got a couple of um. I'm a big San Francisco Giant fan of baseball, okay. and Metallica does like a San Francisco Giant Metallica day every day. At, that's uh, so awesome. Well, that's so, where they're so originally from, right? Yeah, yeah, they're from there. So, yeah. so I got the hat, Metallica San Francisco Giant hat. I ordered on their website. I got a, uh, a hoodie nice. with Metallica and Giants on it. So I'm like, this shit is this is gonna be rare. And I want to have that, you know, to my favorite, one of my favorite bands and, and my favorite baseball team. So, and I actually opened for Metallica. They had did a whole festival down in Atlantic City. Orion? Yeah, Orion, yeah, Orion Festival. Yeah. They had a comedy stage, and mm-hmm. Lars actually introduced me, so which was insane. And James was watching a show from the side. I'm like, this is too fucking weird. Because, <laughs> you know, I was a kid yeah. when I was 16 That's years old. That's when you call your mom. You say, see? When I was 17 <laughs> years old, I drove Metallica around, like, to the movies. and Because in Old Bridge, New Jersey, where I grew up, there was a record label, Megaforce Records. Yep. Yeah, we they, talked yeah. about this. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I drove them around as a 17-year-old kid. Dave Mustaine was still in the band at the time. Mm-hmm. No Life to Leather, a four-EP wow. cassette or five-EP mm-hmm. was, was the only thing out. The first album wasn't even out yet and I, I was friends with the label guy and he was like dude come over there because they were staying at the guy's house he just had a kid he's like they smell they're drinking all the booze they're not showering can you get them out of the house take them to movies take them to the mall so i'd be driving them around as a 17 year old kid and then you know who knows like you know 25 years later i'm opening for him and lars is introducing me on stage and do, they, and do they remember you from did they no, remember yeah had no idea yeah. No, because there were some older dudes that they hung and they would stay at their house. Mm-hmm. I, they were like five years old. They remember those guys, but not me. But yeah. it was funny because I wanted a shirt. They had, they, you know, Orion Festival was called. They had a shirt yeah. with all the acts on it. So my name was on the Metallica shirt, you know, as one oh, of the acts, cool. which was fucking. So I went so right to the cool. merchandise table and bought like three or four different ones. Oh, that's but then after the show, I'm outside and it was bootleggers out there. And they had the shirts, too. I go, you know what? I'll buy a bootleg shirt. They were a little different. And I looked in the back to make sure. And then my name wasn't on it. Like. <laughs> They left off like six bands and two comics. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, I was on this show. You didn't even put my name on here. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I was one of the acts. I didn't even make the bootleg shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's so have good. you officially met like all of your heroes? I would imagine doing a show for 140 some episodes, like you said. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anyone I didn't? Everyone from Black Sabbath, Angus Young, mm-hmm. Brian Johnson, Macy DC. I never met Malcolm, but um, yeah, pretty much. I would say pretty much every Eddie Van Halen I'd never met. Mm. Eddie and Alex I would love mm. to meet. I met Michael Anthony, met Lady Lee Roth, but those two I'd say are the only ones. There you go. Wow. Well, all right. So there's well, still something to strive for. Yeah. No, I, I, I would love to, man. You know, yeah. hey, dude, you you never know. Yeah, you man. never know. You never know. It, it, and as you probably know from from being on Sirius XM, is like you you really truly never know who's listening. And then you encounter somebody, and they're like, "Dude, I've been listening to you for like six years." You're like, "What the fuck?" Like, I, it starts fucking with you mentally. You're like, "That you never guess that." You I know? remember like six years ago, I'm playing at the Improv in Cleveland, and the manager comes up. It's like the second show Saturday. He goes, "Hey, uh, David Copperfield's here to see you," and I'm like. <laughs> 
for, for what? He goes, he came to see you. He called early. He's come with a bunch of his friends. I'm like, why? He goes, you know, he goes, you don't know him? I go, no. He goes, well, he said he's coming to see you. I'm like, holy shit. And he's a big comedy fan. Yeah. Came to the show, hung out with him, and I got his number. I When I go to Vegas, I go see his show all the time. He hooks me up. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. so it's weird. Bob Costas is another fan oh, of mine. Oh, nice. Costas has come to a bunch of my shows. and it's so crazy. It's insa- yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Bob Costas. But yeah. He's like Mr. Sports. <laughs> I know, but he, he's got a really wicked sense of humor. Like, yeah, he does. The he first does. time I went to go, he saw me. A lot I was of those a, sports guys do, like I Bob know. Lee and stuff. Like, he does real heady shit, like right. reporting, but he's like a big, huge comedy nerd. Yeah, like, yeah. So, Bob, when he came to my show, um, I, I, I kept, there was like five minutes of material. Like, oh, I can't do this in front of Bob Costas. The guy just hosted the Olympics. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I left it out. I told him after. I was like, yeah, I cut some stuff out. He goes, why? He goes, what'd you cut out? And I think I told him the jokes, whatever they were. He goes, why would you cut that out? That's He's a like, great That's joke. That's what I came for. He goes, so what do I care? <laughs> yeah. You did it. You got to do your thing. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, he's a huge comedy fan. I was, I was passed to do the Tonight Show, and he was so excited. He was more excited than my agent, my family, that I was going to be on. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I just got to work out the material. And then he calls me like three months later. He goes, make sure you call me and tell me when you're going to be on. I go, yeah, well. And it, it was got pushed back, and this, and yeah, that. He yeah. called me out of the blue like three months later. He goes, so what's going on with the Tonight Show? He goes, are you wow. using the Applebee's joke? Are you which joke are you using? Wow. That one? Yeah, and he was going over my set because he wanted to help me pick it. I go, I'm working on this other bit, and I'm trying to get it together, but they got new guys. There and all this shit. It was, it was oh, insane. Wow. Man. So, and still to this day, I'm still friendly say, with him. I was going to say, does he still call you? Ask you yeah, what we, no, well, I, I saw him about a year ago at a football mm-hmm. game. You know, but yeah, it was still friendly. And Dan Marino, I'm a huge Dolphin fan. I wound up working with him. Him and Costa worked on this uh, Inside the NFL on HBO for one yeah, season. That's I'm right. a huge Dolphin fan. And I became friends with Marino. Marino came to one of my comedy shows like three months ago in Florida. And it was like, I couldn't believe it. I even said, I go, for 17 years, this guy gave me, you know, happiness. And then he comes to see my nonsense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, I couldn't believe I'm like, the fucking yeah. Dan Marino was coming to my show. That's great. You know, I was a hardcore football fan and a Dolphin fan and stuff. So, so great. That's so fun. Yeah. So randomly fun, man. It is. It is. So you, it just, you never know. Like all the yep. shitty, the fucking, you know, three planes to go to Idaho to do a gig where they, they hate you and you're mm-hmm. staying in a shitty hotel. Bob Costas yeah, only Costas. took one plane, but he, you know, he's yeah. still at the same show. <laughs> Dan Marino, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, coming. So it, it's all worth it. Man. I used it's, to love uh, Reggie Roby, the punter. He was remember that dude? Number four. <laughs> this guy, Matt, I, he seriously one of the best kickers ever to play in the NFL. This guy could punt a mile, and he was so precise and like directional punting. I used to love that guy. He was so random, black guy. Yeah, yeah, black punted guy punter. for the Dolphins, man. Big guy. He almost he was built like a linebacker, yeah, he, and, he, really? and he punted for like twelve years. He was like the guy. It's like when they put the helmet on, it looked like his face didn't fit in the helmet. Yeah. It was like <laughs> bursting out. And did he? Now was he old enough that he had the unibar? I can't remember if if Reggie Roby had the you know just the no, one bar. No, no, he didn't have he was, the unibar. No, he, came after he that. played when Marino was playing. Yeah, yeah. So around then, yeah. yeah so he's nice. Love Reggie Roby. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> number four. I couldn't remember his number. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I know his number. I might even have a jersey. I don't I'm know. Gonna have to... <laughs> uh, I so used to buy all the field goal kicker jerseys because I wanted to be that guy. You know, it'd be like. You know, fucking Jeff Fiegels. Like, what do you do with the yeah. Fiegels? It's like, I don't even like the Giants. You know, but like, dude, best directional punter in football history. You know, and people are like, you're an idiot. Just yeah, don't waste your parents' money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, dude, this was great, man. Congrats on the new special. I'm your savior. Uh, it's available. Pre-order just one more day. Uh, use the code Florentine, and you can get you can get it for five bucks. Uh, and then you can just download it off your website, Jim JimFlorentine.com. Yeah, and there's a DVD, your, CD version of it too. If you right, want combo the pack. Copy. Yeah. Combo pack. If you want yeah. to be old school, you don't trust the internet, you know, and you want <laughs> no, to physically you know own it. 
Well, the thing is, yeah, because people still at, at shows, at live shows, people yeah, want a physical sure. product. Sell on the road. And Sell on the, and the CD, I didn't put the CD out uh, uh, separate because it's more storytelling with mm-hmm. pictures, you know, with a slideshow. So it doesn't really, so I didn't want to put. It doesn't so I, translate. So yeah. I threw yeah. it in the DVD gotcha. so they can have an audio version of it. But it's really not, it's not going to be a great audio disc because there's a lot of really funny visuals when I show my transformation from short hair to long hair. Right. And funny pictures and all that stuff too, so. Cool. And then the podcast, obviously. Comedy and, uh, Metal Midgets. Yep. Got some shows coming up. Uh, you're going to be on the road soon? Yeah, or? I'll be in uh, Buffalo and Syracuse mid-April. All my web, all the stuff's on JimFlorence.com. Well, speaking of Bob Costas, Syracuse, man. Go up there. He's got his own wing. You know, yeah, he's yeah, got I know, the I know, fucking yeah. Bob Costas Broadcast Center up there. <laughs> I know. It's big time, dude. Big time. Wow. Well, it's uh, good to see you again, man. Good to Thanks, finally man. catch up. Congrats, as always, on all the success. And uh, we'll see you again soon, all right? All right. Beautiful. Thanks, Jim. All right, that was Jim Florentine. Man, we went long with him, man. We yeah, usually yeah, don't yeah. do an hour I, plus. But I think we have an hour with the guy. Great stories. So totally. I want to thank Jim for coming on. Uh, pick up his new special. Download it. Get the CD-DVD combo. Just go to jimflorentine.com. Do yourself a favor. Support him. He's been through a lot. No, I don't want to sound like he's a charity case. No, he's <laughs> no, a good no, dude. He's not he a can, charity case but, uh, but it is a very cool special because he does talk about things uh, that are, uh, you know, really deep and a part of his life. And maybe you can relate to one or two of them and uh, help you out with the sitch of your own. Who knows? Mm-hmm. JimFlorentine.com. Thanks, Jim, for hanging. Uh, I wanted to mention this, too. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name, and I feel bad. So I, I, I apologize, Corey, if I butcher your name. Corey Stolz uh, is going to release a book about uh, the state. Oh, yeah. And this thing is, I just found out, this thing is going to be, I think, Almost 600 pages. Well, it sounds like it's an oral history. Of this the is state. an oral history of uh, the state, which is, uh, t- talk about influences. Those guys, I reenacted every single sketch. <laughs> I uh, I used to love watching that. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Michael Ian Black. Uh, ben Karen, Grant. Ben Grant. Sure, Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon. You uh, got Kevin uh, Allison. Kevin Allison. I mean, uh, Michael Carrie, Showalter. Michael Showalter. <laughs> I mean, we could just name them basically, all. Basically, yeah, basically, uh, and then uh, David Wayne. Uh, sure, Ken yeah, Marino. Yeah, Ken Joe Marino. Latrulio. Joe Latrulio, who's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. Michael so, yeah. Patrick Jan. Directed uh, that sort of mockumentary beauty pageant movie that took place in Minnesota with Denise Richards, with Denise Richards uh, and I, Kirsten Dunst, yes, and Amy Adams. I keep wanting to say thing. Best in Show, but that's obviously not. Oh my God, why am I blanking on this? Best in Show is uh, is uh, is not. All right, I'll, I'll uh, maybe you can look it up on your phone while I'm. Uh, God, why am I blanking on this? I definitely I own it talk- on DVD. I, I know you're anyway, talking about. Yeah, so underrated that comedy, and. Uh, in, in fact, I I have a small TV and a DVD player in my bedroom. Never use it. Never use it, right? Uh, because we always watch movies and TV out in the living room. Uh, but we have it in there. We just have it in there. And I, I promise you this. If you go to uh, that DVD player that's in my bedroom right now and hit eject, this movie, Drop Dead Gorgeous. That's what it is. Drop so you can stop, you can stop looking it up. I can't believe I blanked on Drop that. Dead Gorgeous. If you hit eject on that DVD player, Drop Dead Gorgeous will be in there because yeah. uh, if we just want to put something on and we're in the bedroom, we just throw that on there because <laughs> it's just automatically funny. You can watch it from any part. That's great. Anyway, Michael Patrick Jan directed that. Mm-hmm. and uh, he, he's Probably of, probably the the more elusive member of this. Yeah, one of them. One yes, of them, yes. for sure. There were definitely yeah, a few. 
Todd uh, Hollebeck too is, is yes, kind of like, very much so. And there was a mini state reunion on At Midnight about a year ago. Yeah, they had most of the. And they released an album too. They released they, the album. I mean, then you have. I mean, the state have in in various incarnations that crew. They've gone and done Viva Variety. They've done Radio Nine One One. Thomas Lennon is an executive producer slash creator of uh, At Midnight, so he's mm-hmm. on the show quite often. Uh, Tom Lennon and Garant are always writing something. Sure, Night at the uh, Museum. You yeah, can yeah, thank yeah. them. They're for always those. writing yeah. something. And then you have uh, you know Joe Latrulio was on Superbad, and he's currently on Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine Nine. So. Sure. Um, the the pedigree of the state goes long and wide. Michael Ian Black has a new special coming out on Epics, which we actually went and saw the taping of. So that's right. Um, you know, far and wide, the influence of the state it can be re- can resonate. Um, I'm gonna throw uh, Stella. Oh. What had American Summer? Oh, I mean, Michael Showalter's. Got Michael it. and Michael have issues. Uh, uh, there's so many of them. Dolores. What's yes, the new Dolores movie. Ah, uh, I know you're talking with about Max with Max Greenfield yes. from New Girl. With Max Greenfield and uh, Sh- Sally, Sally, Field. Sally Field. Yeah, it's a Mike Showalter thing. And then David Wayne's directed all of it. Everything, yeah. man. And a huge shout out to Craig Wedrin from mm-hmm. Shudder to Think, who's done all the music for anything any of the people from the state yes. have ever been involved in. And he in. also had a band called Baby, a big New York mm-hmm. band called Baby. Yeah, totally. So there's the point we're trying to, to make. Everything in the comedy. point we're trying to make is the state the, the state, state pedigree runs deep. So And they're doing three shows uh, that are involved book signings. Uh, there's an evening with the state at UCB in Sunset in Los Angeles, May 7th. Uh, Risk which is the big show that Kevin Allison Kevin does Allison. in New York City. Uh, oh, that's going to be at the Bell House in, in Brooklyn. And For then, New York City Podfest. Yep. And then book signing with Kevin Allison and uh, Corey, the author, at Maplewood, uh, Missouri. Uh, maybe that's where Corey's from. I'm not sure, but that's happening at Planet Score Records. You can go to laughbutton.com. Check out all those dates. I got my book on pre-order soon. So that's coming my way. Yeah, pre-ordered it. The I'll last oral history I read was about the replacements. This might have to be the one I re- this read. Is, yeah. This will be the first oral history I've read about anything ever. <laughs> oh, no, maybe that Saturday Night Live one, I, yeah. d- I guess, technically is an yeah. oral history. All right, anyway, we've rambled too long. I want to thank you for listening to the Laugh Button Podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Tell them to subscribe, download, rate us, review us. Go to laughbutton.com for the merch store. We've got boatloads of T-shirts available for you there. Support the people that support comedy. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at the Laugh Button, on any of the social platforms. Mm-hmm. You can follow Matt at I am Klein Schmidt. I am at Mark Says Hi. Follow us. And if you have any questions, thought, theories, myths, legends, or something you just want us to talk about, you can email us podcast at thelaughbutton.com. Mm-hmm. Until next time, we'll talk to you next time when it's the next time. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.